Hey everyone, a couple quick announcements. First of all, we apologize for Mike's microphone. Mike's microphone. Mike's microphone. Mike's microphone had some technical difficulties right before we recorded, so he wasn't able to use his mic. The audio quality will be a little bit different. Um, I clean it up as much as possible, but it, hopefully it won't be too bad. Secondly, in this episode, we are going to be talking about Star Wars Visions episodes one through three, and we will also be talking about Star Wars Adventures Ghosts of Vader's Castle issue one and two. So until Book of Boba Fett comes out, we're going to be doing a couple random things and we're really going to embrace spooky season. So schedule wise, we get into the comics with spoilers this episode. So if you haven't read those or you haven't seen Star Wars Visions, please do not listen until afterwards. Next episode, we are going to be talking about Legos, Terrifying Tales, which is available on Disney Plus, and we will also be talking about Star Wars Visions 4 through 6. And then the episode after that, we will talk about uh, Star Wars Visions 7 through 9 and the remaining Ghost of Vader's Castle issues. But I am excited to get into it, and thanks. everybody i'm peter and i'm fairly new to anime he's a tentacle porn affectionado it's mike Ooh, welcome to rebels rebels the podcast where we're gonna get spooky in the month of october yes 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 i am so excited for it's this is this is the really the white half of me coming out but i am so excited for spooky season we decided to do this um, I've been already drinking pumpkin stuff. I am just stoked right now. How are you feeling about spooky season, Mike? I love it. I don't like pumpkin stuff. I like pumpkin. I like pumpkin things, but not pumpkin coffees. Maybe that's all I'll put it or pumpkin spiced stuff. Like what, yeah. what are examples of pumpkin things that you are referring to? I don't like the general, like, everything that's sweet has a pumpkin in it. Like, pumpkin bread, pumpkin, uh, like, pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin, you know, things of that sweet nature, frappuccinos. But I do enjoy the more vegetable side of pumpkin, like pumpkin gnocchi or just simply pumpkin in the oven as a vegetable. (laughs) Are you just saying that you like pumpkin gnocchi and everything else is bad? mostly okay perfect I, I i appreciate that yeah we uh we're we're chatting about this a little bit but my wife and i are really diving in this month so every month we're watching a spooky movie every night Ooh, that sounds so spooky. i forgot what we're watching tonight this is the second day we're, we're recording this on october 3rd and so i did evil dead 2 on the first and we did cabin in the woods last night uh we have a calendar we wrote down what movies we're watching each day on the calendar so i'm i'm really living it up wow that's that's great i, yep. I love that 
So how this applies to Star Wars, Mike, this was kind of your idea. This, these are some things that you were into a bit when um, last year and you kind of kept up on the comics a little bit more than me. But do you want to explain kind of the two things that we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. So I, when I had more time in my life, I was an avid comic reader of the Star Wars universe, read anything that came out, anything and everything uh, for the first maybe four years when Disney did the wipe on making everything legends and kind of creating their own starting over. Mm-hmm. And so I loved it. And there was this series called star Wars adventures where the ghosts of Vader's castle in October, which was so fun. And I loved it. But it's these kind of not, they will call them legends tales because uh, it's uh, they aren't canonical of um, the spooky tales revolving around Vader's castle, Vader's castle and Mustafar being kind of the, haunted house of the star Wars universe. Um, and so we thought it'd be fun in October to both read the Vader's castle comics, chat a little bit about star Wars visions and maybe the spooky Lego tales that we'll probably be chatting about in our next episode. So today we are going to be chatting about episode or uh, sorry, comic one and two of ghosts mm-hmm. of Vader's castle talking about Dawn of the droids and attack of the 50 foot Wookiee. Uh, which are really fun. And then we're going to be talking about, uh, because we want to talk about visions uh, while it's kind of in the the zeitgeist, we're going to be talking about visions episode one, two, and three as well. So this should be a fun episode, a big mix. Yeah, absolutely. I say let's, it's not not strictly spooky, but maybe let's start with Star Wars Visions um, because there's probably a little more for us to talk about and then it's kind of the more pressing thing. So let me open it up with with just Mike. How, how are you enjoying, we, we watched episodes one, two, and three, and we can take them all one at a time. But generally speaking, how are you feeling about this exploration into Japanese anime? I think it is refreshing. I think um, high level. I think it just is fun and works for a lot of reasons. The biggest reason I think it works really well for me is it's not too pandering to the audience. There's not a lot of fanfare or overly referential material. It's pretty light and new and really artistic and doesn't do that thing where it panders to the fans the whole time with references in universe. It kind of takes the things I love about the Mandalorian, which are exploring something new, um, but in really artistic ways and just overall the three episodes I've watched so far, I think it's just really fun and successful and refreshing and really artistic. Totally. I, I completely agree. Um, I mean, I mostly agree without, with the pandering thing, I, I think, and we'll get to it when maybe we talk about the twins. There were a couple of things that irked me with the, the references to Star Wars in that one. But that being said, I think this is what we ask about or ask for all the time from Star Wars. And so it's fun that they're doing it is give Star Wars to creative people. Um, there's this concept that I don't know if this is in the, the entire fandom. Mike, Mike and I have been talking a little bit more about Star Trek um, and we'll talk about why later. But um, one of my favorite Star Trek podcasts talks about the concept of Star Trek being a place that what matters about Star Trek is the environment. It's the 
vibe. It's, you know, you can have a story where you're Sherlock Holmes, or you can have a story where you're doing a giant space battle, or you can have a story where you're talking to a a sentient crystal. Um, But like, as long as it takes place in Star Wars as a setting, as a place, and you have the vibe and the spirit of Star Wars, that's what's really fun, is exploring all these weird nuances of that universe. And in a lot of ways, I think that's what's attractive to Star. I keep saying Star Wars and Star Trek. I, I do that so much. That's a Star Trek thing. But that's what's fun to me about Star Wars as well, when Star Wars is the best. You know, The plot of Star Wars isn't anything incredible it's the hero's journey we've talked about this a million times but what makes it incredible are visiting the cantina seeing the weird nooks and crannies of this universe and so this just seems like an expansion of it not necessarily that that it's canon because it kind of is in in this weird middle ground of canon but you're just telling these people who have their own unique style who have their own unique ideas about how to tell a story and saying hey Star Wars is a place, and if we let you play in that place, what would you do with it? And that's something that we've kind of lamented with the new sequels that we were hoping they were going to do a little bit more, maybe some of the offshoot movies. Um, And I'm really happy that we're getting that now in Star Wars Visions, even if some of the episodes don't work for me exactly. I love seeing what really creative and talented people will do with this property that I love. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that Disney is <clears throat> handing over the keys to some, you know, really artistic and outside of the box thinkers. Um, and maybe what we're, we're reaping right now is some of the the rewards of Disney buying, acquiring Star Wars from Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder in 2021, what Star Wars would be like with Lucas at the helm still. Um, would he ever do this and give over this kind of, this kind of, um, you know, control to other makers? I don't know, possibly, but when you have a company like Disney, I think they're going to be way more open because it's not their brainchild, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, And on the whole, I think it's kind of surprising from Disney because if there's one criticism for Disney, it's that they they boil things down to a very formulaic thing. Um, You can see that with you know, there's been some complaints about that with Pixar that the the there's there's a great Malcolm Gladwell podcast about it. If anyone's interested, where they break down the storytelling of Little Mermaid and how terrible it is, and they rewrite Little Mermaid. I was Ariel for Halloween. It's my favorite Disney content. I convinced my dad to give up fishing. Guys, cinematic dumpster fire. Um, And one of the points that they make is that Disney's kind of just a machine. You know, they took Pixar, which was such a creative storytelling thing, and just kind of really forced it into this morality tale formula that's been working for them since the 50s. Um, And we saw it with Star Wars. And in a lot of ways, they do it with, uh, with Marvel as well. You know, it's... Something as creative as Wanda Vision, and they're really trying to break outside the box. Still has to end with a giant like battle CGI battle, um, and so this is the first thing I can really think of in the Disney era that feels wholly original in a way, which mm. is kind of interesting to me. It feels like they literally just said, "Do what you want with it," and. Yeah. 
I'm a little surprised from Disney and it, it, it's encouraging because I feel like we could use a lot more of that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think we're seeing that. I think, I think we could use a lot more of that comes from not, not I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know how you, how you feel, but I'm not necessarily. I, 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 it's, it seems like Disney taking over again, going back to what I'm saying has been a positive. Um, because we could have used a lot more of that. That I guess I'm reacting to that comment because it's happening right now. We're getting more of that, but I think I would have said we need more of that. I don't know, 20 years, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. I don't know, but now we're in the midst of getting it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy yeah. about it. I know. I, mm-hmm. I agree. And whenever we talk about this, I, I like to, you know, remind people that I feel that I, you know, I'm always happy to have more Star Wars than less Star Wars. And, yeah. you know, when I heard this news and they were making new Star Wars movies, I still remember where I was stuck in traffic coming home from work and I cried in my car. Like, I am Amazing. appreciative of the good and the bad of Disney. And I think it's okay for us to call that out. Um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Kind of touching on the canon issue, um, I have a fun quote on where this kind of sits in the universe and the thinking of the creators on it that might lead us into the first story. So this is from executive producer James Waugh. He says, I think these shorts are all authentic Star Wars storytelling, but some are less on the timeline than others. Some could very much fit within our timeline, but visions as a whole is more of a celebration of Star Wars through this unique perspective, this unique form, this medium and culture. And that was really the intention so they haven't actually officially labeled which shorts are canon, which aren't, and they all do have a they all fit in a specific timeline of Star Wars, so you can kind of map it out, but it's up in the air how canon these are. That being said, this isn't completely standalone, and I didn't know this until I started watching and doing some uh research. The first short created by Kamikaze Duga is called The Duel, and it follows Ronin, an enigmatic warrior who wanders from one part of the galaxy to the other with his trusty droid companion B5. When a village in the Outer Rim comes under attack by the Sith, Ronin must choose whether to, to defend this place or continue his journey. And did you know that this character Ronan is going to show up in a upcoming novel by Emma Mako um, that ties directly into the world of Duel? It's called Ronan, a yeah. novel. Um, so we will see more of this character coming up if you choose to read that book. Interesting. I thought he was nameless, uh, which is funny that his name would be Ronan. Cause that's a little way, that's way too on the nose for me. Um, is that, can I, is that officially his name? Because a so, Ronin is a wandering samurai or a samurai without a master. Right. Which is, yeah. of course we're going to have to bring up Kurosawa, but I, I don't want to dive into him because it's just like <laughs> every, everyone probably can make that, you know, we'll make that connection. Yes. Kurosawa inspired Lucas, this, you know, they're going back to the, or the creator's inspiration, but, um, I don't know. I guess is his name Ronan really? So I, that's what they are referring to him as, but that might okay. not be his name. It might be like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's his name. In, in Tenant, the main character is named the protagonist. So, yeah, 
It's it yeah. might be one of those kind of things. Um, yeah. But yeah, you touched on it. I mean, we don't have to dive super deep into Kurosawa, but this is this is very very Kurosawa specifically Yojimbo, um, which is a classic Kurosawa movie about a ronin. Um, and I think that's something that is interesting to talk about is we don't have to necessarily dive deep into that connection, but when we were talking about the synergy of letting other creators do things within the Star Wars universe and what level of creative control these characters have. The thing I was thinking about is how it's all connected. Because as you said, you know, Kurosawa inspired Lucas. At the same time, Kurosawa was inspired by Western American movies just as much as his own culture. And so it's all this circular thing that's feeding on each other that, you know, they're doing something completely new in the Star Wars universe. But in a way, it's not new at all because it's what inspired star Wars. It's like a snake eating its own tail. And I think that is a very interesting thing, especially with this first short. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just, it's, yeah, it is interesting. Let's just dive into the first short. Um, how do you, how did you feel about it? You know, all the, you know, analytic references aside, just as a, a short, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I think it's great. I think there's two two things that when I'm looking at animation, comics, or especially anime, because it's so integral to the story in a lot of ways, is the style of the art. And so the two things I keep asking myself for all of these shorts, because they could be different, is did I like this story and did I like this art style? And for this one, it was across the board a resounding success for me. Um Maybe the actual plot of the story isn't the most creative thing, but I don't. They were doing really interesting things. I was super engaged. Visually, they did some really, really cool stuff that I loved. Um, and I was, I was along for it from start to finish. How did you feel? Yeah, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was fun. I love how little dialogue there is. I love that they're just mm-hmm. leaning super hard on... You know, this is an example of show, not tell, right? And I love the hard lean on the visuals, and the visuals carried it and were really successful. And, yeah, the story is not necessarily the most wildly new thing. We've had that plot a lot in Star Wars. Um, but I thought some of, like, the reveals of uh, the lightsaber as it yeah. kind of pertained to a more katana-style sword were kind of interesting. And um, I just I thought it was really cool. I'll probably rewatch it. Um, just to just to be back in that world again, but I thought it was really cool. Um, and it's fun. I'm not an anime. I don't. I'm uh, like connoisseur, so I don't have the same kind of vectors for success. Of it needs to have X, Y, and Z, and like those are that's my rubric for assessing this on. It comes down to just kind of pure delight for me. Like, is it? Did I enjoy it? because I don't watch a lot of anime and anime is hard for me to get into. Um, I don't consider avatar last airbender necessarily. It's like, that's fringe anime. I, I might call it. I don't, that's as close as I probably get. Um, but I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I love the selective use of color. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, I made the joke up top mostly cause I wanted to burn you for looking at technical porn, but, um, I think we are both not very well versed in anime. I'm actually chart starting to explore it a little more. Um, this inspired me a bit to kind of 
see what what the big deal is um, for some of these shorts. And so I've started watching a couple things that uh, have been recommended to friends, and I've I've found them fairly enjoyable. And I'm ex- mm. looking forward to exploring more. Name 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 a couple. Maybe I can jump in with you. So I started. Um, someone told me the first thing I should watch is One Punch Man, which mm. I found very interesting from a conceptual perspective, um, but a little bit uh, pretty wacky and mm. pretty gory um, in a way that I was, I would kind of lose interest a little bit. But conceptually, the idea of it is what if there was a hero who's completely unknown, but he was despondent with his life as like a just a office person and decided to train and become the strongest hero ever. And what if that didn't fix his emotional issues? <laughs> and so he's now so powerful. He can defeat any enemy with one punch. And now he is depressed because life has no purpose and nothing can challenge him. And he's so strong that he's even more depressed than he ever was. And so that's kind of an interesting concept to me. Um, and their explorations of that is kind of fun. Um, hmm. yeah, but okay. there, there's some other Akira is one that was, uh, funny that that's, that's pretty deep in the hole. I thought you were going to say like Naruto. <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, okay. No Pokemon. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah. Uh, no, Akira is one that's been, um, that's been recommended to me. So I think I'm going to do that one next. And then a uh, full metal alchemist was recommended mm. as well. So, um, and then also I'm kind of just interested in cowboy bebop because the upcoming John, uh, who, who's John Cho show is coming out and it looks very fun and goofy in a way that I love. So I might check that out as well. Um, so mm. I'll keep you updated on my anime journey as we go through this. Well, should we should we jump into the second episode to keep the train rolling? Yeah. Um, well, did you? Did, I, I'm going to ask you the same questions. Did you like this story, and did you like the style of the art? Yeah, so I kind of already responded to that, Peter. But I can I can reiterate. I just want to make it official. I just want to get yeah, yeah. on the record. Stop trying I'm, to get out of it. I, I'm. I was literally on the record five minutes ago. But I'll go on the record again. I don't have, when I think about what's successful for me in like this kind of art style or show, I have, again, I don't have like these principles like you do. It just comes down to pure enjoyment. And I, I did, I enjoyed it because of all the things I already said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I like it. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on to the second short Tatooine Rhapsody by Studio Colorido. Um, So I do have some interesting things to say about this one behind the scenes but before we get there this is the story of a runway jedi padawan who forms a rock band with a former member of the hut clan um they are captured by the infamous boba fett and brought to tatooine for their execution and the band hatches a plan to play the best show of their lives in hopes that jabba the hut will spare them so before we get to the behind the scenes stuff that i think is that quite frankly, the most interesting thing about this short, how did you feel about it? Um, I thought it was a really fun one-off, like uh, as a a single episode, really short 20 minute exploration. I thought it was really fun. I, Mm -hmm. but it stops there. I would not want a whole season of it. Um, it was like eating a cake. That's too sweet. I had the perfect amount. I had one slice and I was like, Oh, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. 
if I had any more, it might be sick, but um, I thought it was just the perfect amount of, of kind of ridiculous, crazy idea, but really fun to watch, honestly. Uh, but again, wouldn't want any more than I got. Yeah. Well, I, I am glad you liked it. I did not care for this yeah. pretty much at all. Um, to answer the questions that I asked you, I didn't really like this story and the art was not for me as well. Um, I like what they are doing and I like that they're trying to add a little bit of fun to it, but I just, yeah. I mean, this is going to what you were kind of talking about. I would have preferred not to see Boba Fett in this story. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say that is cool is, you know, earlier before the Mandalorian, we would talk about how Boba Fett's kind of a loser because <laughs> he doesn't really do anything in the movies. And you do very clearly see his badassness in this, which is kind of fun. Um, I'm thinking specifically of when he goes to take the hut. You know, he barely does anything and they just, yeah. just they're falling over themselves and he's just kind of very calmly. All right, give me what I want. And he takes it. And then the pad one tries to ignite the lightsaber. And I think he says something like, you sure you want to do this? And it doesn't work. And Boba Fett's just like, okay, cool. And just walks away because it's not worth his time. Mm. I thought that was very Boba Fett. And that was kind of a cool thing to see. But again, I would have almost preferred it not to have any ties. To, to the specific characters, also Job of the Hut we see, um, and also yeah, I just you know the, this the whole we'll play a show and capture the minds of it's it, it makes me feel very much of like my dad's business is gonna go under unless we put on the best talent show of all time, mm. like like nineties. Yeah, Nickelodeon shorts or something like that. Um, it just wasn't really for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Again, I enjoyed it that little bit, but I don't want more of it because it would make yeah. me sick. So I, I get what you're saying. It made you sick from the start. That's fair totally. enough. Yeah. The one thing I will say though is behind the scenes, I'm really into what Studio Colorido is about. So mm. they're an independent digital studio um, that. That's another thing is I was looking at what a lot of these studios did, and a lot of them aren't super-duper well-known. They're kind of indie studios, which is cool. Mm. Um, but this, Like, for example, this place, they did a Pokemon web series in 2020, and they're just now releasing their first full lengths. Um, there's a movie called Burn the Witch um, mm. that will, and then one coming out on Netflix called A Whisker Away. But yeah, they haven't, it's not like they're big names yet. Um, but the reason why I said they're a digital anime studio that I thought was interesting is that's very uh, rare. I heard a story that someone was saying where they said Netflix bought up all these anime and started asking for 4K animes. And they were told by all the other studios, oh, we better buy bigger paper then because everything's hand drawn in anime. And so as a digital studio, Studio Colorido um, can, the core of their company is that they want to try to avoid overwork and burnout that's prevalent in the anime production culture. And mm. so that's also why they did a lot of shorts at first because they didn't want to overwork their people, which is a problem in the, in the video game in industry. It's a problem in the film industry and it's a problem in the anime industry is 
that people will become overworked and they will just work these grueling, grueling hours doing very repetitive tasks. Um, and it's kind of just culturally expected of them. And so they are trying to break that paradigm. And so their principle, their stated principle, their mission statement is they want to make a place where people involved in anime can continue to work peacefully and contribute to the further development of Japanese animation culture. And so they embrace a work-life balance, which is very rare for these studios. And I think that is something mm. very cool that I do support quite a bit from them. So that's cool. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Can I get you on the record for this one? Have I got you on the record? You have got me on the record. I overall enjoyed it. It was cause it was silly, but again, not good enough for me to want more. Like cool. And how did you feel about the style of the art? Oh, I don't, I don't really like it. I don't like that yeah. style, but it didn't turn me off. Um, it was, well, yeah, a little too bubbly um, and a little too, yeah, it, it felt like, again, a perfect example. Yep. It was like watching cake that's too sweet to eat. It was just mm-hmm. like over the top. Yeah. And I love, but I did love that they put it. I love that they put the duel first and then the second because yeah. it, it, it sets you up to go. The ordering is intentional and it sets you up to go. Oh, we're going to go all over the place with this. Cool. Had they put, had they put something a little more nuanced after you might think this is going to be, you might not know what divisions is about. So then the juxtaposition like the, of these together is perfect because you want to go like, Hey, this could be anything and everything. This is, um, so I like that. Yep. Total whiplash. And the last thing I'll say is the voice talent is pretty fun. We didn't yeah. mention this up, up top, but in the duel, Lucy Liu voiced mm-hmm. like the, the big yeah. bad, the protagonist bad person. Yeah. Um, and then the antagonist actually, the, yeah. the main bandit. And then Joseph Gordon Levitt is the voice of Jay, the main character in, in, uh, the Tatooine yeah. Rhapsody. And yeah. Bobby Moynihan plays the hut geezer. Uh, oh, that's funny. I love Bobby Moynihan. We talked about him on the pod. So yeah, cool. Um, do you want to move on and talk about the twins by trigger? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I'll just jump in. This one was great. This one is probably my favorite of the three. Interesting. Um, it's, it, it really harps on, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's called remix culture, right? Taking things that exist, very known, stapled ideas, and remixing them, <laughs> kind of like a song. But with this one, it's mm-hmm. taking something very central to Star Wars, which is Luke and Leia, the twins. They are the cornerstones, which you then kind of see almost mirrored in the new trilogy. With uh, they're not literal twins, but with you know they're the connected in the force with Ray and, and Kylo. So there's this idea in star Wars that is so central. That's the twins. Luke and Leia are the perfect example. And so you're taking that very fundamental idea and remixing it. And with a remix, the whole idea is that you undercut it or you subvert it. Right. And so you're, so you're taking the known thing and subverting it. That's the simplest way for me to say it. And mm-hmm. I thought this one was done so fun. It was such a refreshing take on Luke and Leia um, with, what is it, Car and Aim? Care and Aim? Car and Aim? Kari. Kari. K A R R E. Okay. 
And then, yeah, I forget. But I don't know. AM is the other brother. Yes, that's right. And this is probably, it of those three we've watched, this is my favorite animation style. This one is, uh, I don't know, so vibrant, but kind of dark. I, I love how you don't see characters' eyes very much. I love mm-hmm. this kind of very masked um a very okay this one it was just wild to me this was a wild one and i loved it i loved how chaotic and like the fight scenes were just so intense i i thought it was such a successful story that i I would see more of and it's just a celebration of star wars just felt like a really wildly celebration yeah that's that's interesting um so i'll i'll start yeah you you talked to you touched on it so twins kari and Aim, um, am, uh, were raised as children of the dark side so they could one day rule the galaxy as one. But when one of them starts questioning the dark path that's been decided for them, it splits the twins right down the middle. Um, which, so I will start by agreeing on the art style. I think I loved the style of this. I thought it was very cool. It was very creative. It was beautiful in a lot of ways. Um, and I think the reference points worked for me a little less. Not that I hated it, um, but the speaking of the art style, you know, when we do see the Star Destroyer split, it, it looks like an exact callback to Last Jedi, that beautiful time when Holdo does the Holdo maneuver and we see that kind of freeze frame. Totally. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, there are lines in there too, that it's like, I don't, I don't remember what they were, but the droids like straight up just saying things that Yoda said or things like that, that are just, you know, there is no try only do or something like that. And it's just like, okay, cool. Um, that stuff didn't work for me as well. Thinking about the twins in context of Luke and Leia is a much more interesting thing that I didn't think about as much. And I do like that callback. Um, because there is something that we always think about of, you know, and, and we'll actually get to it when we get talk about, uh, the Lego spooky series that we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. There's this kind of interesting thought experiment of what would have happened to Luke and Leia if they were raised by Vader. Yeah. Anakin, if Anakin never became Vader, there's all these what ifs that are really interesting, especially with the success of Marvel. What if I've seen people start animating star Wars, what if stories or drawing star Wars, what if stories, and they're always so interesting and tragic. And so this is kind of interesting to see, uh, twins that are on the dark side and what that, what, what that does mean. And so I agree that part all worked for me. And I thought that was super cool. Um, what didn't work for me. And I think actually bringing up the anime I've been getting into, the story of this and kind of the style style of the story is very similar to whatever style of anime one punch man is in or something mm. like dragon ball Z, which is much more yeah. popular. I remember watching dragon ball Z when I was a kid, it's oh, yeah. things are escalated. It's like, you know, yeah. the symbolism of it was cool, but it's like, Oh, you think one star destroyer is scary? What if this was a double star destroyer? <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you see that with villains all the time in those type of animes where it's like, okay, one punch man just punched this guy in the face and blew him up. Well, what if the next monster he faces has 
twice as many muscles. Um, or she has six lightsabers. I yeah. love when she, I love that though. I love when she, or even <laughs> oh god, I love that shot of her like screaming at the sky and things just exploding out of her. It's so good. Yeah, and that's the thing too is the 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 destruction and the fighting style that's like otherworldly. Just like people literally thinking, what is the most damage you can do? What is the most chaos you can put on screen at one time is a very specific style of anime that doesn't necessarily connect with me as much. I think I like mm-hmm. quieter stories. Um, I I think for me at least, uh, the Ronin story was my favorite altogether because I like that it was much more quiet. It was much more personal. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's just a stylistic preference for myself, but I did like that quite a bit. And the thing that I will say in terms of destruction is it makes no logical sense, but I mean, that's not that's not the point of any of this, but I do kind of love him standing on his X-wing. X-wing, oh my it god, in just half. cutting in half. I know. It's so ridiculous, but really in a fun way that I... Yeah, I mean, it was totally ridiculous, but that's kind of what's a little fun about this to me. Is And it's interesting, that, yeah, it does look like Dragon Ball Z. I was even thinking, I didn't watch Sailor Moon, but it kind of felt very Sailor Moon um, mm-hmm. animation style. But it's it's the ridiculousness of it that you can do in a cartoon that would not translate to. I think the uh, I think the duel is amazing, and it, but it it's one of those hyper. It's almost like it's realism to some degree. Uh, it's not it's not in space. It's everything set in. I, I you know just a little more nuanced, and I, I just love mm-hmm. taking it like taking it ratcheting it up in this uh in this forum which is the only place you can really do it to some degree totally yeah and i think it's it's again it's stylistically i think for me you know i look at if i'm looking at an action movie i i'm much more drawn to something like a hero um or house of flying daggers something like that like a kung fu movie in that style where the coolest parts are um I'm going to ask a question I already know the answer to. Did you see Shang? Did you see Shang Chi by any chance? No, not yet. Okay, because there's very, very clear references to movies like that um, that are the beautiful kind of like wire work fighting where people are flying through the air with crazy cool colors, and while they're fighting, they're also telling a love story in a really cool and interesting way, and it's just a very intimate thing between two people. Um, and I love that. Um, but it's still in this action scene in a cool way. And there's also a cool like bus scene. That's like Jackie Chan style. It doesn't have to be like a love thing, but you know, it's a couple people fighting on a bus using their environment and doing, like, it feels very dangerous and very personal, you know? Yeah. Then at the end of the movie, like every Marvel movie, it's like there's a giant CGI dragon fighting another giant CGI dragon. And there's like big armies like shooting lasers and stuff at each other. And it's like that stuff. I just my eyes glaze over. Mm. So I think you can find that a lot in anime too. you know, something like, again, Dragon Ball Z or this is maybe a little bit more of the. You know, let's ratchet it up. Let's get the big monsters. Let's get the big explosions. Let's get the big power levels. Like, oh my God, I can't imagine how powerful he is. And a lot of the plot is about stuff like that is how powerful you are, what the power level is. It's off the charts. Um, And that stuff is not as interesting to me than the small stories. And so, again, just my personal preference. So I will say in terms of did I like this story, I will say I tentatively liked it but it's kind of like a c for me but i did love the art style of this one for sure 
That's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, it makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah. It's funny in a cartoon. I almost don't. Yeah. I don't care about nuances much, which mm. is the funny, but just, this is how I think about it. Um, but yeah, interesting. Cool. Um, do you want to just take a quick break and then we will jump to talk about star Wars adventures, ghost of Vader's castle. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's jump into it. Peter, I'm so glad we're talking about comics. You know that I love them. Mm-hmm. And I especially love Vader's comics. Is this your first time reading the Star Wars Adventure series altogether? Yes, they are. And I'm, I'm really happy that you suggested this. This is something that I found very fun. And, I mean, you know, like I said, the white half of me is thriving. And spooky season is in full throttle. So I am geared and ready for this. Yes, welcome. Well, let's let's jump in then. Let's talk about uh, issue one of Star Wars Adventures, Ghosts of Vader's Castle, Dawn of the Droids. Yeah, this is fun. So it follows Lena and Milo Graf, mm-hmm. um, which are brother and sister. And it seems to me, so this is a series, just so you have a little bit of background. This is a series that happens every year. Um, some sort of spooky thing in Vader's castle. I think the last one was called Return to Vader's Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made it sound like these two characters are from the last series. Is that correct, Mike? Oh gosh, I don't, I don't know. I, I might have missed a series. I have all my comics sitting on on my shelf. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, to be honest. I think Here, the first time. The first, I think I read the first one. I think this is the third. Uh, my guess is this is the third time the series has come out. Yes, you're right. So, okay, so she is someone who was in Adventures in Wild Space, um, and she was in Tales from Vader Castle 1 through 3, which might have been the first one that came out. So, yes, she is technically a returning character. Evidently, she showed up in the one. I'm looking at the cover that had Caden and Hera. Yes. Okay, that was the first one. I guess that. Yeah, love those. I have that framed on my wall. Yeah, that's such a fun one. I'll probably revisit it, actually. Um, And so, I don't know if this is the format of all of them, but it seems like at least the first two episodes, it surrounds, there's a main story with the two the two kids and then they're kind of whisked away to a dream sequence kind of a thing. Um, and so this one is a reference to a zombie movie, which is very fun to me. I mean, I'm assuming Dawn of the droids, of course, a reference Mm -hmm. to Dawn of the dead. Um, and again, I, we didn't say this, but Kevin Scott and Francisco Frank Calava, are the creators Kevin Scott wrote it and Francesco Francolava did the art for it. Um, and so it says that this is actually the conclusion. So this might be the end of the whole thing. And we get transported to a dream sequence where Anakin, Padme, and Jar Jar are fighting <laughs> some sort of droid disease that turns them into. Wasn't very clear. Were these droids going to eat them? Or they're like zombifying them. They're yeah. turning them in. They're kind of like zombies. They're attacking them. 
And then if you're bitten, you're turned into one of them kind of thing, right? If you survive it. Yeah, totally. And so it seems like, um, well, that's the thing. So in the story, um, I don't know if we, how much we want to spoil, um, but yeah, maybe uh, I won't say no, how it ends, but I will no, say. Oh, we, we can talk about, I mean, we can talk about how the first issue ends. Okay, sure. I didn't know if yeah. maybe this was something that we wanted to encourage people to read or we were expecting uh, we're, people to read before they got to it. But but yeah, the thing that was interesting is at first I thought it was maybe it was like some sort of computer disease or something like that. It was a computer virus that was turning them, but it seems almost more organic um, in a way that was kind of creepy to me um, in a fun way. Um, how did you feel about this story? How did you like the vibe? Yeah, these ones are fun. I mean, it, it's hard to not like them if you're jumping into them because you jump into them with a you know suspension of disbelief and just if you're reading star wars adventures they all tend to be silly and they're a little a little outside the box and these ones are especially so the tales from bigger castle so i i I love them i think they're so fun i think they're so goofy Mm -hmm. and it's again it's just exploring the what if of star wars through dream sequences or through visions or through you know these things where we can dream up our you know the wildest plots in star wars and within canonized areas but not have them canon because they were just dreams or visions or hauntings from visions from vader's castle so they're fun yeah that is fun and i think it it is kind of cool to see because it doesn't feel that shoehorned um in a lot of ways when they introduced vader's castle and uh Rogue One, it kind of just set them up to do weird, creepy stuff. And as we've talked about before, you know, this is a series that canonically has witches in it. So, you know, it's not necessarily like something that seems too odd. It kind of works in a cool way. Um, I will say that the one thing that I really liked was kind of this idea of, so one of the droids, so C-3PO gets infected by this virus and not only does it just turn him into kind of a murderous zombie monster, um, it lets him kind of regenerate in a fun way. Um, yeah. Anakin cuts him in half and these wires come out almost like creepy snakes or worms and kind of puts him back together. And that was a fun touch that I uh, did not, I did not really see coming. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it really gives. Yeah, uh, uh, it makes C three PO fun. You know, he's. It's fun to see three PO get cut in half by Anakin. First of all, because <laughs> he's a little annoying. Yeah. Um, and it's it's nice to see Jar Jar then turn into a zombie because that makes him all the more interesting because he's a little annoying. So, <laughs> and and I think this is the right. And I think it's a poke at that too that they're doing that to these characters who are a little, you know, a little goofy and. You know, not the most serious. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a, a successful story about Jar Jar and C three PO getting zombified. Um, but there's a frame narrative all around it, right? You have the brother and the sister. The brother is having these visions of Vader's castle, and he's he's kidnapped by this droid who's doing the bidding of. Oh, what is the caretaker's name? That's who I assume that it. Yeah, by Varney, who is, you know, operating from within Vader's castle and kidnaps this boy. Um, and so that's the frame narrative around it. And then you have the visions or dark dreams within that are serve as kind of the, uh, the, 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 the yeah, 
uh, just that as the dreams or visions from yep. Pedro's castle. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I will say, yeah, the Jar Jar thing is kind of what I was referencing is as the, the ending is that we learn that this is a threat to organic life as well. Um, and so that is kind of an interesting thing too, because the virus jumps from the droids to Jar Jar and we're kind of left on a cliffhanger. Um, in an interesting way. The other thing I'll say is that someone does get left behind on the planet when they're making their escape, which is a classic zombie movie thing. And I, I felt it. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, so I'll say overall, I, I really did enjoy it. You know, if you're looking, there, there are other comics you can go to to get really deep, groundbreaking storytelling. Um, this isn't that. But if, you know, if this is something that you want to just have a fun, spooky time with, especially if you have kids, um, I'm going to donate these to my wife's classroom afterwards. And I think some kids will really get a kick out of it. Um, this, I think, is, is really successful. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, let's move on to, we, are you ready to move on to? Yeah. Vader's castle attack of the 50 foot Wookiee. Yeah. Let's talk to it. Let's do the number two. All right. Let's take a number two. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. So, I mean, how we start off in Chandrilla in the galactic Senate talking to Mon Mothma and princess Leia. We have, uh, we have the sister whose name I already forgot. Lena. Uh, Lena is plea making a plea to get her brother Milo back to get assistance from a pilot to go to Mustafar to rescue her brother. Cause she has dreams of him being captured and taken there. Yep. Um, how did this one work for you, Mike? Okay. So as a star Wars comic reader, uh, is this your first interaction with Jackson? Yes. It's my first official interaction with Jackson. I do know about Jackson uh, being a character from legends and then brought into Canon in the comics, um, in 2018. Yeah. Um, and he, has he made a lot of appearances? Not many, but he was in the original star Wars comics. So when the original star Wars comics came out, Jackson was a character there. And then, yeah, he was canonized and brought back. <laughs> and I like Jackson. I read most of the original comics myself too. I bought one of those trade paperbacks that has all of them. And so I have a fondness and affinity for him. Um, I don't, I want him to stay in the comics. Let me make that clear. Yeah. But um, this one was not as fun as the first one um, because it, it was a little, the storytelling mechanism was a little more forced because it's, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, you know, she's denied a pilot and she's sent to go look for this, you know, this other pilot who can help her at some bar on Emita. And the person that she bumps into is Jackson, who's sitting at the bar telling this crazy story. And the crazy story you tell him, he tells, he's telling to his other friends at the bar, is that that's the frame narrative for the attack of the, you know, the 50-foot Wookiee. And mm -hmm. it just, it didn't, it didn't relate well to the, Vader's castle tie-in for me, uh, like n n they usually do. So I don't know. It was not the most fun to me of Vader's castle comics. How did you feel? Yeah, I say I would. I would agree with that. It felt so. I, I brought up. Uh, I've I've brought up multiple times my affinity for spooky stuff. But the weird thing, even though we're watching horror movies every night this month, I'm not that into horror movies. Um, I'm not like one of those people who is just like 
an aficionado for um, these stories. And one of the reasons is I think a lot of the more standard stories within the horror genre, they kind of take liberties and skip out on the actual story of the, of what's going on because of whatever supernatural or, or horror elements are going on. So I think this is a perfect example where it's like, you know, it's one thing to suspend disbelief. And then it's another thing to be like, Jackson just happens to be having a dream too. And then yeah. you get to the dream and it's like, the dream is that they can't leave the planet with these berries because of some, some mystical festival that's happening. And then when he does try to leave, Chewie becomes 50 feet tall. Why? Because of magic berry stuff. Like it's just yeah. like very, just like, it doesn't, it feels disconnected, discombobulated in a way. And it's, I, I get that a lot with these kind of stories where it's just like, we're now haunted. Why? Because there was a mirror that someone once looked into and they asked for a favor from a witch while they saw their reflection and the mirror broke. And you're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and then they don't flesh out any of the characters or plot or anything past that. And so that's kind of how it felt like this too. It was like, yeah, kind of fun to just see two big monsters fighting, um, and you know, the bunny character is fun for me. I'm, I'm okay with that, but I wouldn't say that there was anything really to hang my hat, hat on plot wise or story wise that really captured me. No. Yeah. I'll agree. And almost not too much to talk about. Of course, this inspiration taken from, you know, attack of the 50 slut woman old. I don't even know if you'd call it a horror movie. Um, and it's, you know, it's fun to see Jackson's sidekick. Who's, Wookie fight Chewbacca in this nightmare scenario where Chewbacca steals berries from a planet and gets cursed because of it and mm-hmm. turns into a mindless 50 foot Wookie destroying Kashyyyk. And uh, that's, that's really, that's really the whole lot of it. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. This one's fine. Um, it moves the story along the frame narrative going on where, you know, she's still, the sister is still pursuing Milo on Mustafar. Jackson, you know, likely going to be the pilot to take her there. Um, yeah. yeah. Not, not, not much more to say besides that. Yep. So we will keep up on this and we will keep talking about it. I encourage you to check these out, um, especially if you're just in the mood for some silly, f- spooky fun. Um, do you want to talk about kind of our schedule coming up when these are coming out and what we plan for the next couple episodes? Yeah, we're kind of stockpiling these so we can talk about two per episode. And we're, next, we're going to be talking about the visions in three chunks. So we've covered one through three. Next week, we're going to cover four through six of the visions episode, as long as, as well as, as well as talking about Lego's Star Wars, the spooky tales. Um, and then the week after we'll do visions seven through nine and do issues two, uh, three and four of Vader's castle. And then on the final visions led episode, we'll do, uh, or no, that, that'll be it. That'll be it. So we're going to do three episodes of visions for the next three episodes. That'll, that'll happen. 
going forth. And I'll, just to look at some dates. So Star Wars Ghost of Vader Castle comes at three comes out on October 6th. And issue four comes out on October 13th. So the episode after October 13th is when we'll next dive into these comics. So pick them up and read them before we talk about them. If you want to follow along with us. Yeah, that's right. It should be fun. Uh, yeah. And you know where to find us. We're on Instagram and Twitter at rebels, rebels pod. You can email the show at rebels, rebels pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Peter, Peter, anything else? Nope. Um, be extra brave out there because it's spooky. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Instead of it's it's be brave and don't look back, just run. Yeah, it's behind you. Don't look back. It's behind you. Don't look back. Run. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>